Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball, sponsored by RamShirts.com, the company that brought you Crush City Tees. Ram Shirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ram Shirts. Visit RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Pretty excited about my guest today. Uh, this is one thing I've told you guys about one reason that I enjoy doing this podcast, and it's making friends, and it's having conversations with people I never would have been able to talk to. Uh, David Tuttle, former professional ball player and co-host of the Bleacher Blums podcast. David, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on again. I think this is shot number three, but I agree with you, man. I, I don't see in whatever life we would have met before, but uh, but it's been great. It's been great getting to know you, great to follow your stuff. And man, I mean, I think fan is an understatement. Uh, Blummer and I joke about uh, fan being short for, for fanatic, but you, you know, being such an Astros diehard fan and starting a podcast is uh, really impressive. And it's uh, a really a pleasure to be on and see you again. Yeah, I think uh, is is this the third time? I know you were on Game Seven of the. Yep. Uh, I, I actually brought I brought you up in a conversation once uh, with a guest. You know, they're like, "Well, how long are we going to go?" I said, "I don't know. It just depends on how much you talk." I said, "David Tuttle and I, I mean, the Astros lost, and we went an hour because the conversation just flowed. So you never know." Uh, never know. But so not a lot to talk about. As far as the Astros, uh, their their record for the week's one and four. But what what upsets you is, you know, besides Grinky on Tuesday against the Dodgers, we actually got some decent starts, and you know, not not good, uh, not not good uh, performances by our bullpen. So what I'm saying is, we went one and four, but we it, they were some winnable games. Yeah, so I don't know if that gives you like silver lining or not. Um, you know, Mike Tyson said this, and I think he got it from someone else, maybe a trainer. Uh, like, uh, <clears throat> I think uh, his trainer was uh, Roach. But uh, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, and I think uh, I think the Astros got punched in the face. And we can talk about yesterday more than any other day is probably indicative of their week. When you're up six three, two outs, nobody on. Um, you know, that's one that you pencil in the win column. And, you know, it ain't over till it's over. We've heard that before as well. And I think um, similar to injuries and, you know, I don't know, weaknesses, but water, right? You always put your finger in the dike, right? Water will find the uh, find the hole in the bucket. And I think the hole in the bucket right now is the Astros bullpen. I mean, plain and simple. 
You know, after yesterday's game, someone luckily someone posted this on Twitter, so I'm able to share it. But the Astros <laughs> bullpen leads Major League Baseball in losses, and they are second to last in war. Yeah. So, you know, they are an issue. And, you know, just looking at the starting pitchers, just glancing over them pretty fast. Javier almost went five innings, one hit, one run. Presley takes the loss. Grinky went six innings. He gave up four runs. Garcia, six innings, one run. Valdez is back. That was great to see Framber Valdez back. He only went four innings, but he only gave up one run, and that was a solo home run. Rayleigh took the loss. Oda Rizzi, who I have zero confidence in at all, three hits and one run and five and a third. And Garza Jr. takes the loss. So all four, well, three of the four losses, bullpen took the loss, and the other one was Grinky. So it's it's definitely an issue, right? Yeah, I think here here's the thing. I mean, you know, we, we don't want to just you don't want to just throw the whole thing away. We know that there's a strong lineup um, uh, for the Astros. And uh, we know that the starting pitching, as you said, has been uh, pretty, I mean, pretty stout. I mean, they're doing uh, as well, if not better than the rest of the teams in their division from a starting uh, standpoint. But I think the way the game has changed, you know, it's different when you can throw Verlander and uh, Cole out there. And they're going to go seven, eight, maybe nine sometimes. And they're looking at the you know manager cross-eyed if he comes out before the eighth inning to take him out. Um, the the style of game has changed, as you know. I mean, these starters are are groomed to kind of go five, six, maybe seven innings if their pitch count is down. And so because each game is so dependent on the bullpen, then, I mean, obviously you're seeing kind of the the lack of production or the production from the bullpen because the bullpen plays such an integral part in each and every game, which hasn't been the case. And I, and I don't want to sound like an old guy. I mean, basically the last three or four years, that's the way the game has evolved, maybe even a little bit longer, last four or five years. I mean, but you need a strong bullpen. And I, and I think, you know, if there's a silver lining, I think Presley's a legitimate closer. Uh, he struggled this last week, but you're going to have bad weeks. It just looks worse when, Everybody in the bullpen is struggling, including your closer. There, there was a stat that came out before the last uh, podcast we put out. It, they showed it. It was a graphic on TV that the Astros, if the starters go six innings, the Astros are something crazy, like 16 and four. And so, I mean, it's just amazing how different it is when you don't have... See, like what what happens, and, and, and I'm glad I have you on because you were a pitcher, you know, and people are like, why did they take this guy out? Why can't this guy pitch again? Why, why can they only go, like, like Kent Emanuel, you know, what we keep reading or hearing is he can't go two days in a row. Why, why wouldn't he be able to? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it depends. I mean, so... There is there's so many answers to that question, Rob, and I'll tell you a couple of things. One is maybe um, it's just the way his arm works, but then you wouldn't have him on, you know, the 11 or 12 man <laughs> pitching roster. Right. I mean, there would mm -hmm. be somebody else there. Uh, maybe he's your long guy or maybe he's a guy that's important and you um, he has kind of a nagging injury right now, similar to having a starter on a pitch count. So I don't really know. Um, 
kind of the the personal, I guess, uh, reason for him to be uh, not going uh, day, you know, back to back days. But uh, you know, that'd be something that we could ask Dusty Baker, I guess, um, because you know that doesn't yeah. seem to be very valuable for your team, right? That's like, all right, we have you up here because you're fast and you're going to steal bases, and you know, you're a pinch runner in the ninth inning. And, you pinch run one night and you steal second base and you score the winning run. And the next night they're like, all right, you got a pinch run. And you're like, oh, no, I can't do that. I, I only go every other day. It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't pass the smell test, I guess, right? Yeah. And and then Emmanuel threw to one batter the other day and he's, and he's hurt now. He's on the injured list. But going back at this week, I, I wrote these notes down. Sunday against Texas, we lost three to two. You can't blame that on the pin. The Astros only scored two runs. And they scored those in the eighth inning. Tuesday versus the Dodgers, they just got totally destroyed. I mean, the Dodgers just totally, like, beat them up. Uh, Friday, Stanek gave up a run in the eighth. We went to extra innings. If, if Stanek would have gave up the run, perhaps we win this game. But he gave up a run in the eighth. We go to extra innings. And then I was actually at 54th Street. I don't know if you all have those in California. And I was like, wow, I get to watch the end of the game. And they scored seven runs in the 11th inning. And then yesterday, the Astros were up 6-1. to one. Like you pointed out, Presley giving up three runs. But they were up 6-1, to one and Joe Smith gave up two runs. And then Presley gave up three runs. So the they were up 6-1. to one. The bullpen gave up five runs. And then you also have uh, Taylor Jones. You know, if he would have made that catch on that foul ball, yeah. over to first base, then we would have won. I don't want to blame him, but I don't want to blame anybody. But yeah. I'm just saying this is, you know, that's, no, that's kind of how the week went. Yeah, no, that is how the week went. And and again, somebody is always surprised that we play 162 of these things. I mean, you're going to have a bad week. You're going to have a bad week. Uh, I, to give Taylor Jones, I mean, he just got called up. Sometimes those catches are tougher than you would think because you don't know the dimensions of the ballpark and you're not comfortable over in that spot. So, you know, I mean, it, like you said, you can't blame one individual, right? That mm. that would have changed it if, you know, so-and-so didn't give up a run here or there. I mean, it's funny, as you said, it was six to one. The bullpen gave up those five runs to get into extra innings. But then, you know, that guy making his major league debut, they weren't all excited about that. But I mean, basically... That, that extra innings, I mean, there was runs galore, right? What did they end up scoring 11? So the bullpen gave up 10 runs in like a three or four inning span, which, you know, that's just a bad night. Like you said, it's just a bad night. So, you know, the debate yesterday was they should have walked Tatis. And yeah, that sounds good, but they're winning by three runs. Yep. You know, if you... If he hits a home run, you're tied. If you walk him and the next guy hits a home run, then you're losing by one. I mean, is that is that the train of thought of why you don't walk him? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I mean, Barry Bonds was an exception. I remember him getting intentionally walked with the bases loaded. But, I, I mean, <laughs> I think, I don't know if it's a written rule or an unwritten rule. Um, Jeff and I, uh, Blummer and I, often talk about unwritten rules of baseball. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think you ever want to put the winning run to the plate if you can avoid it, right? A tie is something you can battle back from, which, as a matter of fact, it got tied yesterday, as we talked about. And then the Padres got the seventh run, the Astros tied it up on Correa's hit, and then they got the eighth run. And, I mean, you know, it was just back and forth. So it's it's like a puncher's chance, right? The bullpen struggled yesterday, and the Astros still almost pulled that game out. So, I mean, I really thought um, 
I really thought Tucker was going to do something there that with a slider specialist, um, uh, Adams. He was just slider, 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 slider. I thought he was just going to leave one right there for Tucker, and that would have been the game. And like you said, so you don't want to necessarily you don't you don't ever want to put the winning run to the plate if you can avoid it. Right. Um, let's go with the players of the week. You got a couple of players in mind. We'll do the pitcher first. I think this should be easy. Who do you have? Yeah, you know, remember, I'm I'm here on the left coast, so my Astros, uh, my Astros, I don't know, diehard fandom and my my paying attention to all Astros games as I read an article about the San Francisco Giants is not always there. Um, mine is, uh, I think Christian Javier would be my pitcher of the week. Um, I, I don't know if he had a fantastic week or not, but just activating him and getting him back out there, I mean, I think he's going to be a special player. Uh, and pitcher moving forward, and I just when he takes the mound, I I feel like he gives the Astro or yeah gives the Astros a really good chance to win. I don't know what he did this week. Did he struggle or was he solid? Uh, they the, he's in the pen. He pitched on Friday. Okay. He when he came back, didn't he start? Didn't he have a start? Are you confusing him with Framber Valdez? No, no, no. Framber came back too. I just thought when Christian got activated, he threw like four or five innings. And then they moved him to the oh, pen. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. On yeah. Sunday against Texas. Yeah, he went four yeah. and two-thirds. He gave up yeah. one hit, and he had there one run. Go. The only struggle yeah. that he did have, which caused him to not go longer, is he had six walks. Yeah. And and he needs to – and that was Fromber's thing, too. So, look, I am paying attention enough to know. Like, Fromber, if he throws strikes, and if Christian Javier throws strikes, those guys are going to be a huge asset. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, I mean – the 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 statistics the analytics all that stuff but the the you know the the um what am i thinking of not the whip yeah walks and hits per innings pitch that whip is so important especially for young pitchers you just cannot have base runners out on the paths we saw that yesterday for um the guy making his debut um you know he was just nibbling a little bit yeah he was behind in the count he was nibbling a little bit. I'm sure he was nervous, you know, yeah. just a tough situation to make your debut in. And, uh, you know, and it shows when you're pitching behind in the count to major league hitters. So anyway, so my pitcher of the week is uh, Christian Javier, and I think he can be an asset. I mean, maybe not just for the week. You mentioned his stats, so he can't walk guys. But I, I, I'll just give him pitcher of the week in the sense that I think he's going to be a key piece for the Astros going forward. What do you got? I got Luis Garcia, who went head to head with Trevor Bauer and nice. and uh, pitched out pitched him, and and that was the only win of the week. And it's not really because he won, and it's not because it's the only win of the week, but six innings and he only allowed two hits and one run. He had seven strikeouts head to head, and we had just got destroyed the night before, and he's head to head against Trevor Bauer. I mean. Easily yeah. for I thought we would agree. I thought we'd have the same guy. Uh, position player. This one was a little hard because offensively there wasn't a lot uh, to go off of. But I'll give you mine first. All right. I, I went with Carlos Correa, okay, and the nice. reason there wasn't a whole lot of stats. I mean, like these guys had maybe five hits all week, but he had a big home run against Trevor Bauer. And he had a home run against you, Darvish. So just for those two home runs, I'm going to give it to Carlos uh, Correa. Well, and he had a single yesterday to tie the game up again to give them, you know, a puncher's chance to come back. So certainly, I mean, Carlos Correa is a guy you would always expect to be uh, 
to be in the, the running, right, for Astro of the Week. Bregman, Correa, guys like that. Um, you know who, and again, so maybe this is where I'm off. Like you said, um, you know, the Tyler Bauer game um, was, was you know, really their one win of the week, and they looked really good. Uh, but the guy who I, I'm thinking right now is uh, is going to be in So I guess it's not just for the week. I'm picking the guys that I think are going to help you guys down the stretch as they get used to the big league schedule. But my player um, who I like and I like his presence there is Chaz McCormick. He was um, my player of the week last week. There you go. And I, and so maybe I'm just focused on last week. So I mentioned, like you said, Christian Javier. See, I'm a week late on it. But I just think... Um, I just think for the Astros, he's going to be crucial moving forward. And I only get on your podcast once every six months. So let's, you know, instead of <laughs> pitcher and player of the week, I'm, I'm giving you like my players to watch, right, for for the season moving forward. And I think Chaz McCormick is going to be an asset. I mean, he's not a guy that I heard anybody talk about prior to the season. Um, and uh, I think, you know, just watching him play, um, he looks like he could be a guy who could fill in. Um, maybe that Marisnik role or, you know, if guys get healthy and come back, maybe even a, a stronger role over uh, like Straw or somebody like that. They had a graphic on yesterday's game. They showed the RBI leaders for the Astros. And I believe it was ABs. And, and the leader was, I, this is all completely out of memory, mm-hmm. is Yuli Gurriel. And he had like 178 plate appearances. Or ABs. I think I don't know which one it was because I know right. it's different because it's walks. Yeah, but, but I get the he, idea. He had he has thirty eight RBIs and in, in one hundred and seventy eight plate appearances. Thirty eight RBIs. Chaz McCormick has fifty at bats and he has seventeen. Yeah. So multiply that by three. If he had yeah. as many at bats as everybody else, he would be leading the Astros in RBIs at his current rate. Yeah. So very good, very good pick. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Like I said, he's going to be a guy. That's what we want to know, right? You want to know what's on the forefront. So you only have me on, on, you know, it's hard for me to nail it down to a week as I don't watch the Astros with the, the eagle eye that you do. But we know what Guriel can do. We know what Alvarez can do. You know, we know what Bregman can do. If Chaz McCormick can stay healthy and stay in the lineup and, you know, maybe take over for some of these guys, I, I would just... I would just say he's going to be a guy for the Astros moving forward. So look forward to, um, you know, seeing the Astros get out of this funk and have McCormick be a, a huge piece of that. I was saying that yesterday while watching the game, I was like, this guy probably, you know, I was thinking he's the, the heir to Michael uh, Brantley's throne there in left field. I mean, this guy will be in the Astros outfield for the next six years or more, who knows, but, He's Great. definitely he's definitely going to be a piece. He's not going yeah. anywhere. He's good. And with the DH, you know, maybe he's not. You don't platoon Brantley when he's healthy, but you can have Brantley and McCormick in the lineup. You know, both on any given night. So that's what everybody's question is. You know, can Chaz McCormick play center field? That's the big question. I don't even know the answer, but you know, that's to. I mean, and if would you in, rather have him play center field? You know, I mean, you have Straw's speed out there, but wouldn't you rather have McCormick out there? Um, you know, if he's going to. Oh, yeah. He, this is always the fight for my pitcher. So I'm glad you asked the question. I mean, I hated having defenders that would like give up three runs and then hit a two run homer, you know, 
because yeah. they couldn't catch anything or get over there. So that's the debate. I don't know how good he is at center field, <laughs> and, uh, you know, at playing center field. But it's like, look, if he can be serviceable in center field, um, and maybe you know he doesn't run down a few of the same balls. But like you already mentioned, the RBIs. If he's going to drive in runs every game, then you know maybe they have to think about putting him out there. It's a good question. All right, here's a good question for you. It's the uh, Sunday poll. I do a poll every Saturday, and uh, me and my guest will discuss the poll on Sunday. Uh, the wave, when to do it. This is something I've always been curious. I know there's a lot of anti-wavers, and a lot of people want to say, just don't do it. When I'm at the game and the wave starts, I'm like, don't do this. Please don't do this. <laughs> I, I mean, like, because to me, I'm thinking you're just distracting our guys. And, you know, have you been in a game where they where they're doing the wave? Absolutely. Yeah. And how, how does it feel as a player for them to do? I mean, do you notice it? Is it distracting? Like what, what is what is players opinion of the wave? You know, I don't know if we have from a that's a great question. So on the field, I don't have an opinion. I've been in stadiums like college football stadiums or at a game where they do the wave and i'm like oh brother like i'm not partaking in this but it is funny to see it get started from a player's perspective i know we always cop out with this answer but you don't really pay attention to it i mean you know minor league games are hilarious you would have like a fourth of july game and it might be lagging on you know triple a game you might only have eight or ten thousand people which is you know a pretty stout stadium mm -hmm. um and uh and honestly, we don't really pay attention to it. I mean, I guess if you're in the if you're in the dugout or the bullpen and you're not playing, you know, then you might look around and check it out. But it's, you know, I don't know. I think it was always it was done obviously for visual effect in the back in the day, right? It looks pretty cool as it goes. Yeah. But in terms of when to do it and how to do it and who's partaking and you know, I always think it's a look at me thing, right? Some guy in your section stands up, he's like, We're gonna do the wave, let's go. And everyone's like, All right. You know, yeah, he, kinda... he wants to go tell his friends, like, did you see the big people doing the wave? I started it. I started the wave. Yeah. So you know what? You know so what someone you pointed think... out? You know, <laughs> let me tell you this. This is what someone pointed out about the wave one time. They said, you know, when you go to the game, there's a bunch of people at the game that that's their one and only time they're going to go that year and just let them have fun. If they want to do the wave, let them do it. Yeah. I would agree with you, but I, I will just say this, and I think about this with my kids. So if my kids are at the, uh, my kids have a show, right, in second grade or third grade, and they're doing a little play, all the parents, like, fight to get to the front row, and they have their iPads up, and they're videoing the show. And I'm like, your kid has one line, like, I sailed across the Potomac River and discovered, you know, and you're like, I mean, nobody ever watches those videos, and the parents are just elbowing exactly. each out of the way to get to the front. It's like... And you can appreciate this. You got to enjoy life, man. Like, I don't video any of that. I might take a picture before or after. I feel the same way going to a game. Like, you see people catch a foul ball and then they put them on camera. And what are they doing? They're on their phone. Like, oh, yeah, because they're getting their phones getting blown up. Like, hey, I saw you. I saw you on TV. I saw you catch that foul ball. It's like, all right, you can look at your phone, but you don't have to text everybody that you know at that moment. Like, enjoy the game. Like, and if you're looking at your phone, the next foul ball is going to hit you in the forehead anyway. So yeah. I just feel like, so this is a, that's a long roundabout way as we got back to the wave. I feel like you said the people that start that, let them enjoy <laughs> themselves. That's fine. 
But if it's a look at me moment or you only went there to start the wave and you don't really care who wins and what's going on, then I don't know. I just think there are better ways to enjoy yourself than uh, make it about you, right? <laughs> so we I haven't even asked you the poll question yet. We've been discussing the wave, which is awesome. I, I always enjoy. Yeah. I mean, you could probably have a podcast daily talking about the wave and different things like that. But anyway, <laughs> the, the question is this. Is so so I always I was I'm, I've always been curious about this. Does the wave bother the pitcher more than it does the hitter? So when should you do it? When your team is hitting or when your team is out in the field playing defense and pitching? The, so what's the question? What, who does it bother or when does it bother? Yeah, like should you do the wave while your team? Uh, is in the field or should you do it while your team is batting like which is the best time to do it or the least the least the the least distracting is probably the best way to put it yeah so if you talk to hitters right it's all about the vision right where the arm slot and the arm thing comes i would think it's a little more distracting to a hitter so if you're trying to help your team out you would do it when the other team is up and your team's in the field that's my final answer Yeah, I I would, I would think if you're pitching, the only time it's going to bother you is if it blows by you when you're getting ready to throw the ball. But I would, I would say the pitcher, I mean, when you're hitting, you know, you're looking at the the pitcher, but you can see the whole outfield and you can see that wave go across. And if the wave goes across when the ball's coming at you, it could distract you. So I also agree with you, but the poll was 52% said you should do it while you're hitting. Well, I think we disagree with the poll. I'm just saying, so first of all, just go back to the short answer. As a pitcher, it didn't bother me at all. But if you talk to hitters, they often talk about visual things, right? They want the background. And you can ask them about backgrounds in different ballparks. They like it to be dark. They don't like a lot of movement, right? You just need to focus on the arm slot or the release point of the pitcher. So anyway, so that to me would be, Um, anything moving or wiggling or, you know, like I said, usually they have a pretty good batter's eye in center field at most of these big league fields, but uh, I would just be a little more cognizant of it, I think, as a hitter. And, you know, you see hitters step out all the time or golfers back off their tee shot when somebody snaps a photo or moves around. Like, you know, if you like it fairly still, I think uh, you should do it when your team is in the field. Can you... Ask Blummer this on your next podcast. <laughs> God, I can't even yeah. talk. Can you ask him this? Let's get his opinion. All right. Yeah. I I can tell you, uh, and everybody says this on an interview, right? They've been asking a lot about Aaron Rodgers this week, and people are like, well, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I mean, it's like, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but here's I'm going to put words in his mouth. I'm going to say he's going to say the same thing, and I'm going to say mostly it just wouldn't bother a player at all either way, hitting right. or pitching, but... Anyway, but yeah, for sure. Rob, I'll ask him. All right, buddy. You ready to do fair or foul? Fair or foul. I'm ready. It's my favorite time of the podcast. (laughs) All right. Get ready. It's time for fair or foul. All right, buddy. We got five questions here. You answer fair or foul. I'm sure you know how to do it, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. (laughs) I just don't... I know how to do it. I just, I can't keep my words uh, uh, 
in an economical, uh, I guess, in an economical uh, fashion. It's hard. It's it's quite all right, buddy. This is just about me and you talking. And if people want to listen to it, that's their option. There you go. But let's enjoy it. This is all about fun. It's all about enjoying life. Like you said earlier, put the iPad down. Take it in. Enjoy your kid being on stage. Quit. You know, I did that before, and I learned my lesson. We were trying to get a selfie in front of the Statue of Liberty, and by the time we got the lighting right and all this, it was gone. Oh, there it is. I didn't even get to take it in with my own eyeballs. I was too busy trying to take pictures. So that that day, I stopped doing it. No more. I'm, right. I'm going to live life. Because like you hey, said, uh, you don't look at the phones. You don't go back and look at the stupid videos. So live life, yeah. folks. That's right. All right. I number one. That. Number one. Uh, pimping a home run off of a position player. Foul. Foul. Why would you say that's foul? Ah, good. I get to expand on it a little bit. I think we did touch on this on our podcast. I just think, so again, we discuss often the unwritten rules, but uh, I just, you know, so the reason that the, the position player comes into the game in baseball terms, that's waving the white flag. If the opposing manager goes with a position player, he's not trying to, you know, he's not going for the eight or 10 run comeback. So just hit your home run and get off the field. I mean, it doesn't mean you shouldn't try and hit the home run, but, you know, hitting a home run off a second baseman or a left fielder, like, give me a break, right? Like hit the ball. What's the, uh, what's act like you've been there before? Just hit the ball, run around the bases, go back. I mean, you're not going to get any credibility from your teammates. Like, wow. You really hit that seventy-two mile an hour meatball a mile, didn't you? So yeah, I would foul. say I would say foul as well. Good. Expanding on this, I, I think I've done this one before. But what what if a position player is pitching and it's three and zero, and he swings at it? Should he just take it? You know that that was another thing. I mean, obviously these are related to the same thing. Uh, I I do think again, in my opinion. If the opposing manager puts a position player in the game, he is waving the white flag. He's just trying to get out of the game. He's trying to get on the bus or get into the showers. So, I mean, swinging 3 is not as egregious as pimping the home run. But just, yeah, let the, the guy's got to throw three strikes. Um, I don't know. I, that one's a little tougher for me. But I would just say foul just because of the unwritten rule of baseball is you typically don't swing 3-0. So here's something that I've always thought about. Yeah, they're waving the white flag, but let's say it's the top of the inning and the team getting destroyed is the home team. They're not they're not going to not try to score. True. When they when they go back up to bat, right? I mean, so yeah. my thought is like you know, you're the one that put the position player out there. Yep. And when you come up to bat, you're it's not like you're not going to empty your bench and put your, you know, like, go out there and just don't swing. That will be giving up. Like, if you're going to give up, you know what I mean? You're asking one team yep. to give up, but when you go to bat, you're not going to give up. Nope. Because these- and I think you're – no, no, no. And you're as a team, you don't give up. So guess what? You hit the home run, and you run around the bases. So you're not not trying. And then 3-0, you're going to get the same pitch 3-1, right? So okay. hit the home run on the 3-1 pitch. So, no, you're not giving up. I'm just saying when they bring in the position player, they're essentially waving the white flag. we got nobody else out here. You're up 10 runs, whatever it is. So they'll take their medicine, and even the pitcher, the position player pitcher, will take his medicine, but just don't show them up, right? Don't, don't yeah. make a big deal about it. That's all. So, yeah, score five runs off the position player if you can, and then go in the dugout. 
But I, all I, I'm saying is that's usually a concession, right? When they bring yeah. in a position player, <laughs> it's pretty much yeah. the version of waving the white flag. Well, how awesome is it when the I think it was pretty recent. There was like a position player that like struck out the side or something and they were just laughing and laughing or at least he yeah. struck somebody good out. I think, you know, and, and they had a good time with it, like the guys in the dugout. Like yeah. who wants to who wants to strike out to a position player throw, yeah. throwing 54 mile an hour balls like slower yeah. than batting practice? All right, yeah, let's go to number does. two. Let's go to number two. I think this is very, very interesting, this number two question. The top seeds in the playoffs picking their opponents. Fair or foul? Uh, foul. A, a couple reasons for foul there. I mean, like, look, I mean, you get already get a bye, and you already are going to play the team with the worst record. So I, I just, I mean, I just think it's too much too much uh, jockeying for position. I, I, what, when you asked that question, it made me think of the NBA, you know, this year, the way the NBA did it. And people were saying, well, the Clippers tried less hard. They were giving Tyron Lue a hard time. They, they, they uh, rested players and they didn't want the one seed, like the Suns got the one seed out of the West. And then they ended up having to play the Lakers. And they were saying, well, the Clippers don't want to play the Lakers. Mm. Well, look what happened. I mean, the Clippers didn't want to play the Lakers and they were down 2-0 to Dallas and Luka Doncic. So it's like, you know, you don't want to pick your poison in the pros. Like, just let it fall where it falls and get out there and win games. I say from a fan's perspective, I say fair. Okay. Because just think about it. Think about if, you know how the top seed plays, let's just, like, baseball is kind of different because usually the, the top seeds, no, they don't get a bye, right? Like, you have the wild card teams win. And then they would get to select between the wild card winner or the, you know, two, three, or four seed, right? Or the, t I don't know. I'm lost. But you know what I'm saying. But if yes. you go to, if you go to basketball, like, like you're saying, like, just think of the drama and the excitement, you know, knowing that this team called you out. They wanted to play you because they think they can beat you. I think it just adds some extra drama and some excitement to it. I, I think it's fair. I think it would be cool. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I just, you're going to have to think that one through. It's great that we disagree. I mean, it's totally fine from a fan's perspective. I'm just thinking, you know, to be able to choose your opponent is, you know, we'll have to see. Yeah. Like, let's say like NBA, you got the top four seeds and number one gets to pick between five and eight. Then you wouldn't be able to jockey. I mean, just, yeah. you know how you said that they didn't want the number one seed? Yeah. Because they want to play the Lakers. What if they got to pick their opponent? They could have picked the seventh team. They could have, you know, give them, you know, it would keep you from not wanting to. I don't, I don't understand. What no, I understand what you're saying. One, I'm just saying yeah. there's too much flexibility there. But you know what? I mean, what the mindset is, is what you're saying. It's like intentionally walking somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to intentionally walk this guy because I want to face this guy. And then exactly. you know, be, careful what, be careful what you wish for, right? I, I totally get it. Exactly. All right, number three. This was a big question yesterday. Dusty Baker's misuse of the pin is to blame, not the pitchers themselves. Well, you know what? I know it's supposed to be fair or foul. I mean, this is, I would, I have to say foul in that, you know, no manager is responsible for the performance of their players. I will say a manager typically takes a lot of responsibility for how he utilizes players. 
And the burden that he has is to push the right buttons. And I don't think Dusty's doing that right now. Um, again, it's a young bullpen. And just like you learn how to win and learn how to pitch in the big leagues, you know, you have to learn how to use those guys. And Dusty should be better. And I think he would agree with you. I think he should be better. So it's foul in the sense that we can't blame Dusty. But um, but there is some truth to that. And And let me just give you a little color around this, because as I've mentioned, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. Yesterday, when it was six to three and nobody on, and some stuff started to happen, two outs, nobody on, it reminds me immensely of when um, the Giants were up uh, three games to two in the World Series against the Angels. And uh, the sixth or the seventh inning, uh, it was a five nothing game or five to one or something. And Dusty came out and was joking around with the pitcher on the mound. I can't remember his name. Gosh darn it. I should have looked it up. Anyway, and they were kind of like, all right, you know. You did your job. We got six more outs to get to win this game and win the World Series. And they kind of had a smile on their face. And uh, they lost that game. And then they ended up losing the World Series in the next game. It was just, you know, he was kind of loose with it. You know, mm-hmm. I remember that. Like, his intensity wasn't there and the way he used the pen that that game specifically. It actually reminded me of yesterday. And, you know, you know how painful yesterday was just, just because it's right there. You know, it's just yeah. right there for the taking. Just one more out, right? All we need is one pin, Rodney. So let me tell you this. My, uh, my brand new uh, daughter-in-law, we, when we were watching the game at 54th Street, the, the, when it went into extra innings and they lost, she said, would you rather them lose in extra innings or just get blown out? Like, so you didn't waste your time watching it all just to see them lose. And I said, here's my answer was this. I said, if I was at the game, I would probably enjoy the 11 inning, you know, battle. But if I'm at home, like just blow me out so I can stop watching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I mean, again, this goes back to my comment initially about being a fan, a fanatic. I'm, you know, I mean, you're, you live and die by the Astros. And, you know, I mean, I, I just... As a competitor, I just I would always want a chance to win. You know, if yeah. the Astros won yesterday, right after uh, Correa got the hit to tie it up, and if Tucker was able to drive in the next run, that would have been, you know, all right, man, our pen struggled today, but we got the win that we deserved, or that we got the win that we that we thought we were going to get, and you know, let's move on. So, you know, I think sometimes we miss the fact that we're going for the result, and sometimes the journey is kind of the Right? Isn't that what we love? I, yeah. I texted Blummer during the game yesterday. I said, I hope you didn't have any uh, any plans tonight, <laughs> you know, because game was pretty much done about two hours before it ended. And he's like, no, actually, I had plans. And he's like, in, into the 10th inning and the 11th inning and the 12th <laughs> inning. And it was like, a, you know, I mean, but part of that is the fun part from a fan's perspective, right? I mean, Correa got another hit, drove in a run, you know, the... Who's going to come in and pitch? The Garza got to make his major league debut. It didn't go well, but you know he got his feet wet. So a lot of good things happen in between, um, in between the win and the loss, or the beginning of the game and the end of the game. And I just think sometimes you know this too. Watching sports highlights shows, if you watch it, I, I've been into soccer because my daughter's playing a lot of soccer. You know, if you just see it's one nothing, you're like, oh, I had to watch 90 minutes of soccer to see a one nothing game. But sometimes you watch that game and there's so much action, excitement, red cards, injuries. You're like, oh, you just you don't get the full experience. Right. If you're not watching the game. 
Yeah. All right, number four. They should have, like, they have the WNBA. They should have the WMLB. I'm I guess you'd. Fair. I guess you'd have to have enough women that play baseball, right? Like, Correct. if they had it, maybe they. It'd yeah. be something that they would aspire to be, but they would have yeah, to have gonna, it. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm going to say fair. I mean, for sure, fair. I, I remember watching the women's uh, hockey team in the Olympics. They were fantastic. And uh, this isn't about men or women. This is, like you said, if there was a a desire or a want or a need or a, a group of women that were, you know, like a league of their own, then yeah. that would be fantastic. I'm, I, I'd be all for it. Yeah, there should be a WMLB. I mean, why not? I agree. You know what, what people say negative about like WNBA is like, it's just a bunch of layups. But you know what? When you watch, like, I, I'm a big fan of college softball. Yeah. And I really like when the, uh, you know, the tournament NCAA tournaments come. I, I, I think I enjoy the women's side of the tournament more just because of the heart and the fact. I don't know. It's just because they're, you know, one side, yeah, you have the exciting dunks, but the this other side, you know, those girls are diving for balls, and you know, it's just. I think it's exciting. I think the women put a lot of effort out out into it, and I don't know. I think the WMLB would be pretty cool. Yeah. No, I, I have no problem with that. I mean, that it's so. Um, how do you say it? Like. I mean, we shouldn't stop people from doing anything they want. We don't want to make this political. I mean, the, the guy got fired at Google for writing a letter about why there were less uh, females that were involved in IT. I mean, you know, most likely it's interest. <laughs> it's not intelligence or, yeah. you know, it's desire and interest. And I, I go the same thing with WMLB. If there are enough women, you know, that have the desire and interest to play baseball. And, and again, I, women's soccer is one of those sports as well. I mean, we just... It's in my mind, it's like comparing generations. Everyone's like, oh, you know, is it Michael Jordan? Is it, you know, Kobe or is it LeBron? Who's the greatest of all time? Wilt Chamberlain? Like, you know, it's really just hard to compare generations and decades. And I feel the same thing like this. I mean, we're not asking the women to, you know, to pitch against men and vice versa. They yeah. would have their own league and it would be very competitive and, and the highest level of, uh, of competition. So I'm, I'm all for it. Fair for sure. Yeah. I mean, just imagine you have girls, you know, you're trying to get your daughters into watching baseball, but it's not really something that they can do. You know, there's Correct. not college baseball for girls. There's not professional baseball for girls. Maybe that would change things up. I agree. My, and I, my daughter played softball for two years and hated it. She didn't like all the cheering and the rah-rah stuff. She played little league last year and she loved it. So yeah. she's not, you know, she's not on her way to the big leagues by any means, but she was pretty yeah. darn good. And, and she enjoyed playing baseball with the boys because it was real baseball. All right. Number five, I kind of spoke about this when, be, before we came on the air, I didn't eat one of these, but I did have a donut and fair or foul jelly donuts. Ah, uh, foul. I'll tell you why. And my wife's European, and they make their own uh, Vietternique, which is like uh, it's jelly-filled dough. I mean, it's great, but they use real jelly. I don't know if you've ever seen the like the food trucks that drive around to restaurants, but they have these big vats of this like sugared filling or whatever. The reason that this is foul is because they don't use real jelly. Like, what is the stuff they put in there? It looks like <laughs> the stuff from the blob 
the movie The Blob when the blob's like floating around. Like it just doesn't even ugh, it makes me scared. So foul for foul for me. My favorite donuts are uh, I'm gonna say foul on jelly donuts. I think they're disgusting. But my favorite donut is Boston cream. I think they're just amazing with the chocolate on top, the pudding <laughs> or whatever the heck that is. I don't even like I don't even like the ones with the cream. It's like uh, I don't know, like whipped cream inside of it. Yeah, I, I used to I'm, like B- Bavarian cream. Guy. I don't eat a lot of donuts, but give me like an old fashioned or a chocolate old fashioned, just glazed. It's good stuff, man. Any yeah. fried dough of any sort, funnel cake, something like that. Like, I'm pretty Fun- good. You don't need cakes, to fill it up. Fried Oreos. Give me no. any of that stuff. It's good. Right. Hey, let me ask you this before I let you go. The other yeah. day, uh, they they had this game where the umpire took the pitcher's hat from the St. Louis Cardinals pitcher. Yep. Did you see about that? Like, did you ever have a hat that you wore? Like that, or did you know if if they're like, here, here's another hat, and you're like, cool, like. Like, did you like it? Was it was it a big deal for you to have a hat that was broken and comfortable? It was a big deal. I appreciate you asking that. We touched on this a little bit on the Bleacher Blums podcast this week. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if that released yet. I think it released yesterday. But um, yeah, I mean, we touched on that, and I think it's uh, it would anyway. We can get into the substance and that debate <laughs> some other time. Yeah, but we. I mean, even in the minor leagues, I made the playoffs. We'd make the playoffs. And uh, they had a hat box that the trainer or the, yeah, the trainer or the clubby would keep because I liked my same hat. Like, yeah, it fit right. And it had the little, you know, it was a little dirty on the brim, not because of substances, just, you know, you rub <laughs> the brim and lick your fingers and rub the brim the same all the time. And yeah, I, 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 I hated new hats. And if they made me have a new hat, I think the, the Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, made a good point. He's like, yeah, did you see how much it changes stuff? The guy came in and had like a seven-pitch inning, and he was throwing 95. But, um, you know, so the hat didn't really affect the stuff. But, yeah, it, we joked about this in one of our first podcasts about being superstitious. I mean, you know, it's not superstition, but you want to be comfortable out there. And wearing a new hat, you know, it just that would yeah. not be cool to make them switch your hat in the middle of the game. Yeah, that's what he said. He said that's what the pitcher said. He said, I just like that hat. I'm like, I yeah. want it. So, I mean, like, even for people that don't even play baseball professionally, <laughs> we, we were we were going to the game, I guess, last weekend or the weekend before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I of course, I have numerous Astros I was gonna say, you hats. Have a, you have a few Astros hats laying around, I'm sure. Right. And... You know, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting dressed and I, I'm going to wear this hat this week. I'm going to wear this hat to this game. And then I'm like, nope. And I end up wearing my Colt 45 one because I, it's broke in. It's comfortable. It's shaped to my head. You know how when you buy a hat, it's folded. So it ha- it sticks out above your ears and you got to get it round. You know, you got to get yeah. it to fit your head. So I could imagine, you know, using it to do your job. You, you want to be comfortable and you want a hat that fits good. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm really picky about hats. I actually just picked up a new hat at um, Baseballism, you know, that store. Yeah. Yeah, I got a hat because I liked just how it fit and looked, you know. I mean, I just, it was great. I, it made me, uh, I was like, all right, that one fits right. But sometimes somebody will give you a hat. I don't know if you have that experience, but you know, oh, you get God. a hat. I or, hate when people get me hats. And you're like, hey, here's a hat. I want you to, you know, check it out. It's cool. And, and. 
but you have those like rare occurrences or rare occasions when it fits perfect and you're like hey yeah. i like this hat can you give me another one but yeah typically when yeah. someone gives you a hat you're like great and it stays on your shelf you're like all right yeah. thanks for the hat <laughs> it's you know, not my style but every year that when the first game i go to i'll buy a new hat from the stadium and the reason i do that is because you can try like 30 of them on yeah. Because they don't fit the same. I mean, you nope. can have 30 hats the same size, and they, they're all different. They are. So you, you have sure. to get it the way you want it. And I always get the fitted, you know, on-the-field hats, and I always get it where it's a little big. Because I guess when you start sweating in it, their wool or whatever they're made out of now, it shrinks. And then, yep. you know, you can't wear them anymore because they're too tight. So, yep. And touching on what you said earlier, Bill Russell is the greatest basketball player of all time so you're a champions guy my dad would agree with you my dad was a celtics fan and a championships fan but i don't know i i think when it's all said and done if we want to get on end on that i mean i think lebron (laughs) james i think lebron james i mean he should probably take over even michael jordan or kobe even though they had you know the heart of a champion but we do not want to have that debate right now no i don't (laughs) i can't stand lebron james yeah oh I don't like him personally. I just You know why you know. LeBron James is good? Because he's big. That's it. Yeah. He's just a big dude. All right. We can Anyway. We, you're gonna have yeah. to have me back on. I'm gonna get my NBA books <laughs> together. I let you down on the player and pitcher of the week. So I'll get my notes together for next time and I'll come back on and we can discuss the greatest basketball player of all time. Let's do it. All right, buddy. I appreciate you coming back. It's always fun yeah, having a time, conversation Bob. with you. All right, you got to get the Astros on the right track, so keep up the good work, and uh, hopefully they can turn it around this week. All right, we'll talk to you later. Uh, Everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.